Connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter, at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Podcast unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Brad, Henry, Zach, and, and all the way. For I was going to introduce you, yeah. but you, but you can introduce yourself if you want. That's no, kidding. And all the way from Los Angeles, Alex. <laughs> I, was, I was building it up, and I thought you're going to come in, Alex. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, been a year and a month. Exactly. Exactly. You guys are on it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But you've been on the show before. Yeah, Welcome a few back. times. You guys are uh, super creatives yourselves. We've collaborated on various weird things, I think, a couple of times. It's always fun doing weird things. Who wants to do normal stuff? <laughs> the last thing we do is we lent our voices to your rations film. Yep, yep. Yeah. But you guys are... How's that doing? Did pretty well. I think we've got a couple of festivals out of, you know, the dozen or whatever, it's, you know. Uh, I think we've got uh, one in Texas coming up next week in Fort Worth. Nice. Um, and then other than that, just, you know, spending the money on the festivals. Getting, getting a few every now and again, you know. But uh, it's it's I, it's I one of those ones that I'm still kind of happy with, which, <laughs> like, doesn't, I don't know, I think we'd all agree to at least some degree. Um, we're all our own worst critics or whatever, but mm. that's kind of one of those ones that kind of came and went very quickly as you guys kind of know the run and gun sort of getting that audio in your vehicle in like an hour's time you know <laughs> yeah for all for that kind of thing it uh like it came together yeah it's always it's hard because I, I only do like the acting thing and there's always times when i watch myself I'm like, Ugh, that's a horrible reading of that line <laughs> and other times like why didn't brad use that other one i did <laughs> yeah i mean you're never gonna judge yourself you know fairly <laughs> it's always kind of a weird thing you just leave leave all the judgment to everybody else they're yep. gonna do it like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll be criticized by everybody else and that's cool well anything you're working on right now you want to pimp um so i mean i'm in the middle of finishing up some commercials for the city of aurora um the contract we've had with them for a while and that's been like a super uh actually a super fun creative collaborative thing that uh kind of just seen these one-offs like month long things we got to do it a couple more by october um and uh i'm going to kind of dig into like whatever uh the, there's the stanley marketplace and a bunch of development happening in aurora that um is certainly going to lead to a lot more like 
breweries where like beer and party spots i think they hope and so you know representing aurora i guess nice and, um uh working on some stuff for uh features next year very it's cool kinda... are you writing it or are you just directing it one i'm one i'll be producing uh and the other i think i'll direct after um but yeah going to going to go to china for a little bit here pretty soon to do the the stuff that uh gonna prepare for next year awesome and uh other than that i've just been like a traveling like a carny hey <laughs> like living out of my car and you only live once doing yeah See show me? blacks <laughs> in vegas in the heat and that kind of living it up nice i nice. <laughs> love it so you moved to la like what was the final push to do that like just been um, wanting to I, it for a while. I haven't. So I don't know. My situation is kind of extreme. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not really living too much of anywhere at the moment. So I, I was there, put on everything that I've been there because I was to do some of the work that I was trying to get, and I got asked a couple of questions about like if I like if I was a local, and I'm like, yeah, I, you know, um, and they're uh, so. So is that it just was to say that you're a local? Yeah, yeah, partially. Um, but also, I'm going to be there for uh, a substantial portion of like the next seven months. Um, a lot of it uh, in the hotels and out of my car. Um, but um, sort of also, I don't know. There's a lot of folks out there that have places and couches, and they're very generous and courteous. I know it kind of lit. But well, that's kind of the lifestyle that's happening right now. And it's not because paying rent. Denver's just so expensive yeah well i heard too the lot of uh, people when they start in the film industry that's what they do when they go out there they sleep on people's couches and everyone kind of has an understanding that you wait till you someone gets it big and then you know sure then you're fine yeah i mean i i like living where i live good i like the community here and I've, you know um so i feel like if i could just if if the work comes and it's there i can i can go there but then i don't have to necessarily be chain down and leaving the country and stuff like that this makes things kind of why have an apartment and just be like a crusty bum nice and, you know well you only uh, so nice. this is this is all really fresh and like uh, you know deeply deeply personal <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the show <laughs> uh, look at brad asking insightful questions who knew uh james you, isn't here just, so i gotta yeah you, i gotta <laughs> fill the void <laughs> i asked the fun questions like if you could marry any celebrity, who would it be? Channing Tatum. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, wait. He is. He is cute. I mean, he's great. And, I mean, you know he'll be a willing slave if you've seen This is the End. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's a powerball. Part of my opinion yeah. may or may not have been based off of seeing that. <laughs> well, awesome. Welcome. Thank back. you, guys. Um, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week was Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned to the end of the show where we will pray, play the trailer and spoil the movie. And talk about it. <laughs> Are yeah. we going to talk any more about Baby Driver, considering like how subdued we had to be? Like no spoilers. No, and subdued and also non-audible. Yeah, <laughs> half the hosts were missing. Um, no, I kind of want to punish the audience and say, "Go see it and decide for yourselves." We don't have to. I was just curious. I don't want to spoon feed them. Yeah, you probably should. Someone you could listen to our uh, last episode. Give episode that movie more money. <laughs> you can try to. Yeah. No, it sounds fine. I listened to it. Yeah. 
It's an Edgar Wright movie. Just Could be better. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Edgar Wright. All that's what I have to say. It's Edgar Wright. Yeah, just go see it. The poster should just be Edgar Wright and saying, you know you're going to go. Yep. It's already his highest grossing movie, mm-hmm. like after the opening weekend, which mm-hmm. is really shocking. And to Sony me. wants, well, we'll talk about it in the news, but Sony wants to do something with, with all that success. Yeah, yeah, just make a different movie. Yeah. Just make a new movie, please. Please. <laughs> so I also want to talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray, and whatever else pops up into our feeble little brains. Um, want to wish Brad a happy birthday. Oh, hey, thanks. We just got done celebrating by playing Mar- Mario and Nintendo Classics on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, how, how old are you, old man? Mm-hmm. You didn't see the poster on. <laughs> I did in the marquee. <laughs> what, he's he's twenty three. Okay, it doesn't yeah. matter how old he is. It's Fourteen. How old he, how Were you in college when the NES came out? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think the NES came out three years after I was born, so eighty five. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was awesome. We played NES, SNES, N sixty four, GameCube. And we got through all the games, which I was impressed by. Oh, well. And Love surprisingly, and Switch, yeah. the Super Monkey Ball brought out the yeah. most of people. Which <laughs> that was the most fun. It is a fun game. Yeah. And we only did the Monkey Target, not yeah. even the, like, the full game. I always thought of Monkey Ball as the next evolution of Marble Madness, where it's, you know, you have to control the monkey and collect bananas and Stay get from on the one, track. Yeah, yeah. one side of the puzzle to the next. Uh, games Done Quick, which is like the big like speedrunning convention, uh, is happening this week. And I watched uh, like the Super Monkey Ball speedrun. And he did the entire game in like thirty minutes. <laughs> wow! And it's like it's genuinely like I'm like that's an art form. Oh <laughs> no, it is. Like, I mean, I haven't played it in a while, but I remember there's some levels that just make you want to rip your hair out. Oh yeah. But if you figure out the patterns, then you can do it. There's this uh, this trophy on PlayStation for not getting hit during Mega Man Nine. I don't know how you oh, don't yeah. get hit during Mega Man because sometimes I get hit purposely so I can jump through spikes or something. Because <laughs> those games are asshole games. They're super hard. They are. Mega Man Six, not so much, but I mean Mega the Man first, fine, the first Mega Man. Oh my gosh! Yeah. One of the notoriously hard ones are like Mega Man Contra. What else? Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Bloodborne. Wonderful games, but you just want to throw your controller through a wall. In fact, I got the uh, oh Battle Toads. <laughs> Battle Toads. <laughs> I got the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which yeah. is a remaster of the first three games. And I'm playing. I'm so I always go when I get games like that. I always progress, you know, first, second, third, yeah. and I beat them. And I forgot how much the first game drove me crazy because the controls aren't very precise. No, yeah. And you have to constantly jump on like these little platforms that are hard to line up. Or like they're running towards the screen. Oh yeah, running towards the screen. And uh, I do know that Crash Two gets really is really good. No, Crash Two I think it's known as like the best one. Yeah. Like, so, so it's. I mean, it looks great and it runs at no, sixty yeah. frames. Yeah. Uh, and I heard, guess it's hard to find right now. Like, oh really? When I was at GameStop, no one had it. Just listening to it's that one of those things that like pretty much everyone's buying it, especially people who did not play the original Crash mm-hmm. games, not realizing how hard they are. Yeah, and a lot of people are complaining online about how hard they are. Now. Yeah, it's. I mean, the first one's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Then we got Jack and Daxter coming out again. Oh, really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, one. I don't oh. think they're. I think there's Is a new one or a remaster. No, remasters, but they're not doing like a full, like fresh coat of paint on it. It's just yeah. There's releasing it again. Re-releasing it, but yeah. those games are great. I yeah. love the first one. Oh, my Resident Evil 2 remaster. See, that's what I'm waiting is for. Is it a remaster or is it a remake? They're doing. You know, I think they're doing a remake that. like the GameCube Resident Evil. Because okay. <laughs> I, I remember when the Resident Evil 20th anniversary was happening, the producer said, would you guys buy a, a Resident Evil 2 remake? And something that got, I don't know, like a million likes or something. No, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Well, that's what they needed. Like, okay, I guess people want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your best game? Yeah, we want it goofballs anyways 
Yeah. That's what we do. That was awesome. And we just, yeah. So happy birthday, Brad. Thank you. Another year, a little older, not L- much wiser. <laughs> Another year closer to the grave. <laughs> That's what I put on your Facebook post too. I wanted you to. Oh, thank you. You know, feel that I care me. about you, but not that much. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get too close to me. Yeah. <laughs> on the bright side, every artist is better remembered after they're dead. So like, the yeah, closer I mean, you get, Jane the better Austin, it's looking. So. Vincent Van Gogh. I mean. Maybe You're I'll good. kill myself tonight so I can be No, don't. <laughs> Tupac. You're Tupac. not 27, Biggie. right? Huh? You're not 27 years old? Oh, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, just... I'm not a musician, so I think we're good. Fair enough. It's not going to happen. There you go. Cool. Uh, we'll start with real news. It's real news. <laughs> See, I put you on the spot, Henry. Yeah. Okay, so the big uh, story to, uh, this week, uh, I mean, there's not a lot, but the big one is Joan uh, Lee's death, Stan Lee's wife. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not like, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with her, so I don't know how big of a role she had in the uh, Pretty big role. I mean, the story that he loves telling, and uh, I'll just repeat here, and obviously this is going to be a truncated version, and probably not as well as because Stan Lee's a great storyteller. Uh at the time in the early 60s, comic books weren't thought of as this really cool property, which people now, you know, now they promote who the writer and the artist of comic books are. Back then, it's just like, well, this is something to pay the bills. And uh, Stan Lee did not want to write comics. He actually kind of fell into it on accident. Before World War II, he went to Marvel, and he was a copywriter or something like that. And he started doing that stuff, and then he started writing slowly as a young man. Then he got drafted into World War II. And in World War II, he wrote, like, STD pamphlets for the troops. And while he was there, he met his wife, and he came back and was writing comics. And he was burnt out. He said, I don't, I don't like, you know, romance comics. I don't like Western comics. And his wife, Joni, said, well, why don't you write, since you're going to leave, write the one comic you've always wanted to write. And if it doesn't be successful, who cares? At least you wrote something you wanted to write. And that comic was Fantastic Four. So it birthed the Marvel Universe and from there, a year later, with Spider-Man and uh, the Incredible Hulk, and and now he's you know essentially one of the big I, I would say the biggest name of comic books. I, I'd so. say he's maybe the, I, you know comic yeah, books there are people that know him that don't even know exactly yeah. just and, how deep that goes. And I would say he's the new American uh, like folk teller. Like I mean, if, yeah. if yeah. he created a whole world where everybody knows it, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, he. Those are our. You know, those are our Greek. Those are our Greek gods. Yeah, yeah you know. So good for uh, she's she's wonderful. Lady. She wrote a few books. Uh, she's really nice. If you get any documentaries with Stanley, she's always in them, and she's a really nice lady. Uh, and they're really funny and cute. And they're married. This would have been their seventieth wedding anniversary. So, wow. um, sad. But I mean, she lived to be ninety four. Uh, yeah, ninety three. Ninety three. That's a good run. Incredible. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. a good run. So, but get ready. Those, yeah. those old couples usually go together. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that's tough. And he, I already know he's not in very good health, and that's why yeah. he's not really doing cons anymore. And um, But I will say, one of my favorite stories uh, with Stan Lee is he came to Denver Comic Con last year. And we had a booth, so we were so busy at Denver Comic Con that by the time I got over to do his autograph, it was Sunday, and it was late. I had to have been one of the last people, because there's only like three people left in his line. And I went up there and I gave him the comic and I said, uh, you know, I said, thank you, Mr. Lee, for uh, coming out here and sharing your wonderful stories with me. And he said, well, thank you for being a true believer. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you, sir. And so, yeah. But when you meet him in person, he's like, oh, he does look like my great grandfather <laughs> who tells really awesome stories. So, yeah, that's sad. But uh, good run. Yeah. 
Uh, other news, uh, Randall Park joined uh, Ant-Man Wasp, mm-hmm. so interesting. He's I a guess. funny guy. Yeah. I mean, that's their hum- that's their, that's essentially Marvel's comedy series, so mm-hmm. might as well go with well, it. Well, is it? <laughs> is it called? It's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, oh, okay. it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Rudd wrote the script. Ooh, yeah. nice. And, uh, and... Uh, the Spawn remake uh, is a, has been delayed what? for a little bit because Todd McFarlane is demanding too much. <laughs> is is it 1992 thought? again? So, who would have thought that that awful piece of property is not going to be made? Um, and then finally, uh, Nelson Ellis, the star of True Blood, is where he's most famous for, died at, th- at 39 of heart failure. That's which sad. Is, uh, sad. Yeah, he's, that's uh, too young. Did any of you guys watch True Blood? I watched uh, the first season. Yeah. He's, I mean, I think it's pretty established. He's the best part of that show. And uh, if you've actually read the books too, his character like dies in the in the middle of the first book, but his performance was so good that they were like, "We're going to keep him around for the entire series." And uh, yeah, he was always so great. Uh, and so it's it's a shame that he died, especially at such a young age of heart failure. So, yeah, but, it's only uh, four years older than me. Yeah, take care of yourself, guys. Talk Bradley. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, there's really not a lot else. Uh, if you have not already, I would check out the first season of True Blood because I think the first season is actually. I, I have heard that it so. slowly. Um, it gets worse every single season, but I think the first season is a good contained storyline. And then if you like it, keep watching until you get bored. So I always tell people if you want to see a good vampire thing, watch Buffy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you want to see sexy vampires that take off their clothes all the time, see True Blood. So you know, a uh, funny story with True Blood is I've seen I think one episode, and when my wife was in college, I think it was when the first season dropped and i'd always walk into her apartment when a roommate was watching it and it's uh what's the, the is it true blood that makes them like really hyper yeah. Yeah, yeah and i always walked in and some dude was like railing some chick from behind and really fast like yeah. m- movie speed i did that three times i'm like why am i always in on this episode and i see some <laughs> dude's bare ass slamming this chick it's like jeez i don't think it's a roommate character. planned it and timed it, <laughs> it had to have been i don't think there's a single character in that show that did not have a nude scene well yeah i mean at one point, I the director it. took his pants off. And Good. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. Nice. I saw one one little bit, maybe one part of an episode, and I thought it was uh, Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> so Anybody, anybody else remember like, that oh, show? It's like, this was a network TV show? <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, yeah. They got away with a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a really overly sexualized version of Charmed. I would see a sexualized version of Charmed. It was darker. I feel bad for you because you're probably sitting there going like, where's Shannon Doherty? <laughs> you don't feel, like the tone scene. You never feel bad for someone looking for Shannon Doherty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's news. Unless I forget. Oh, what was your Edgar Wright news? Oh, uh, so Sony, theoretically, I guess, I, it's like kind of like a weird rumor, but it's also been kind of confirmed by certain people is that they want Edgar to do Baby Driver 2. Um, because of the success that they've had with Baby Driver in terms of it making good on like its uh, uh, returns, whatever, nah, yeah, I don't yeah. think it should. I don't think it should <laughs> happen. Whatever the reason is, I yeah. don't think it should happen because at the end of the day, like if you've seen the movie, it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't, doesn't lend. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't lend itself to yeah. another story. And I, I think what's good about Edgar is that he moves from place to place and doesn't try to. Um, stick his flag in something of that nature. I mean, I'm sure Sony wants that to happen. Uh, but, I know, like, I don't but think it's going to. I don't think so. it's going to either because I don't think that's in Edgar's nature. I mean, would it. he have done Ant Man two if he had done Ant Man fully? Probably not, right? I don't think he'd so. be like, okay, cool. And then, he did his superhero film. Moving on, yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Peace out. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. That, I mean, it makes money, and if they're not going to remake it from the 80s or 90s now, anyway, yeah. then just sequelize the. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so like, maybe it's a Hollywood too. But Edgar Wright's kind of like, um, he's that cool hip indie guy that all the kids love, but uh, he's also, uh, I don't know, like where they feel like he fires a little bit on all cylinders. Oh yeah, I think he's definitely across the board well respected in almost every circle. Yeah. Whether it's critics, movie people, nerds casual moviegoers even people that i mean his hot buzzer Shaun of the dead might not have been like box office successes but you can say Shaun of the dead and people pretty so much cool. know no, how yeah. great i mean like, they're, they're cult classics next movie. exactly yeah. exactly and get excited about what he could do next like, oh yeah and then when you give him a big budget driver. like you know scott Again, Pilgrim, right, yeah. mm-hmm. make great movies because yep. I, I, I think that's why he works so well because even in the bigger budget movies he doesn't really lose who he is you yeah. know it's, you can still point to scott pilgrim but yeah it's totally a Edgar Wright movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. What? This is what's on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. The Fifth Element is getting a 4K Ultra HD release. I wonder why. Overrated. Oh, I, that's one of my least favorite movies that everybody loves. Alex, have you seen The Fifth Element? Yeah, I think it's okay. I yeah, like, it's okay. I like it okay. <laughs> I, li- I'm, I really like a lot of uh, stuff. That's so. the one of his that I do like. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's uh, when I see Valerian, I'm like, oh, more money for the Fifth Element too. I can't wait for it. I'm excited. Yeah, so. I, you know, it looks cool, but it, that movie has flop written all over it. Oh no, I know, but it's going to do well not in America but in Europe. I think so too. I, I mean, I don't want it to fail. I mean, I like no, yeah. I mean, I want it to do well, but it just it just has the makings of maybe a movie that's too weird it looks for casual ve- people. It looks very European. Yeah, so. or it could just. What's John Carter? It could just be that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's also the possible. The sci-fi yeah. thing that happens and then instantly fades into the... My only, like, the reason why yeah, I think it will do a lot better in else. Europe is solely because, like, Valerian is such a huge property in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so I could see it doing well just because of the established fan base well, there. I, I, they, they obviously have faith in it because they gave it a subtitle. Oh, yeah. So... Well, I mean... Because that means... A lot that, of films get subtitles. No, but I mean, usually if they have a, add a subtitle to something, that means they want to make more than yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if not, they would just call it Valerian. And then, but it's also like if you looked at like there was that article this week about how he did how the he arranged the deals for it he like already has made back his budget for really the it's like he, the film practically cost nothing to make like it cost eighty one hundred eighty million obviously for the budget but like he got that essentially as like to distribution almost as like grants almost like really? where you don't need to give it back oh. so like he pretty much has already made his money back so well even his like small movies like Lucy which is weird no, I, yeah. I rewatched that recently it's actually better than I remember it but... it's, I think it's like people went into it not knowing what it was going to be yeah so. but, I mean was that like a 20 million dollar movie probably yeah something like that it made so. like tons of money so no, yeah. he doesn't care it's why they put it on the trailer for all the stuff since then so <laughs> yeah um, I do have something coming this week Species is getting a Scream Factory release <laughs> Uh, which is like the ultimate B movie. Thirteen year old B loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I haven't seen it in ten years. I I can't really remember it. I know Doctor Octopus is in it. Yeah, uh, Alfred Molina for all those people. Uh, what, is it, uh, yeah, go ahead. That's fun. I I was trying to. Isn't he in uh, that Spielberg movie too? He's in some big. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, he's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think that was his first movie. Timothy Idol, I'll throw you the whip. (laughs) Isn't Forrest Whitaker also like the main character of that film, of the first one? Oh, he is in that. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. I don't remember it at all. I only remember that because when I was 13, for obvious reasons, I watched it pretty much every month. Well, yeah, because she's naked in it, but... 
I remember it's pretty violent. Oh, it's it's violent and it's not nearly as hot as thirteen year old me would want. So yeah, it's it's. I think it it kind of walks the line of Predator, where it's the yeah. horror sci fi yeah. stuff. I don't remember it at all, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, the first one's better than the four sequels. So <laughs> I I've seen the second one. I think I think I've seen it. I yeah. don't know one hundred percent for I mean, sure. But they're they're not worth seeing. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm always tempted to get them because they are on Scream Factory. Uh-huh. So they they did the second one. They put tons of features on, but um, I don't. But I again, I don't know if I want to get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see. Uh, King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong is getting a 4K release as well, um, which bums me out because I literally just bought the like super deluxe Blu-ray version. Yeah. But it, was, <laughs> it was six bucks, but whatever. Um, so I don't know if I'll have to upgrade. I'll see the review of it and see if the picture gets that much better. Yeah. I think sometimes on 4K when it's movies from 10, 15 years ago, it just adds more color. Yeah, and just so. But I can't judge. I haven't had a 4K TV yet, so yet. I, I say. feel like 4K yet. is gonna we're gonna come we're gonna pass 4K pretty soon. Like yeah. I don't think it's gonna be something that we're gonna be necessarily diving into. Uh, Smoking the Bandit is getting a 40th anniversary release. Yeah. Uh, the Professional is also getting a 4K release. Okay, that, that's a good one. Yeah. The Fate and the Furious is coming out as well. Oh, Luke Besson should make a Fast and the Furious movie. That's <laughs> like should. right up his alley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Screen Factory is also releasing The Man from Planet X. Which is a sci-fi fifties movie? Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, uh, if you're trying to be a little more classy, uh, Criterion is releasing Roberto Rossellini's War Trilogy. Oh shit! That's, yeah, and they're also releasing L'Argent, so which is French for Largent. I don't know <laughs> for the Largent. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, money or something. Okay. Uh, and that's what's coming out on I'll check it out as week. the resident asshole. So. You should. God, just moving along. Guys, they're not even like, contributing anything. No <laughs> one's saying anything. I'm not going to buy any of those. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you could say something. Brad, I didn't even know you are still fucking here. I'm not going to buy any of those. How's that? <laughs> good. Thank you yeah. for participating. And we also do a segment, where, a segment we call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? I'm going to get you involved right now. Fine, fine. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that I watched. Uh, <laughs> actually, I, I watched I in the, in the weeks that we haven't been like doing the regular thing. Uh, I've I went all through back through all the Family Guy. Nice. And uh, you know what can be said about that? Uh, <laughs> uh, I did. Awesome. I think around season ten though, there was like a stretch of episodes that I didn't remember ever seeing, and I wonder if it was like on a season set, and I just forgot to do like the last disc. Yeah, because the season sets drive me crazy because they'll have once you get to twelve, it's disc. volume twelve, and yeah. then season twelve, and then they only have like one episode on one of the discs, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, stupid. So some of them felt new, um, and then I finally got around to watching the four, like the Comedy Central seasons of Futurama. Uh, which I hadn't done yet. And did they know they were going to get canceled? Because the last episode is like, it's it's just so it's kind of finite. Anti- it's finite. Well, they yeah they knew they did know because like, okay. this was like the third time they had been reboot. It was like saved from cancellation. This one they knew they were going out, and that's why they chose to go the route that they did. Because like, have you seen it, Ryan? Oh yeah. Um, so like you know the final episode. So th- them saying you want to go through it one more time is them saying like, look, we're done, but. Never say never. Like it's it's a little open. It's a little open ended. I'm in the boat that I actually think Futurama uh, overall quality is better than The Simpsons. 
where the Simpsons is great for like seven or eight years. And then it kind of, you can go always, I mean, a great, there's always good episodes. I can watch an episode yeah. of the Simpsons, even if it's not one of their better ones, mm-hmm. but I think as a whole combined show, I think Futurama is really tight. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's Simpsons is kind of relegated to its family sitcom area. Whereas Futurama sci-fi ability allows it to go into places yeah. that you can't necessarily go with the Simpsons. Without breaking a bunch of rules, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't think the last episode was terrible. I just felt it felt a little weak, like it, it didn't really feel like it encompassed you know ten seasons of a show. Um, um like I, I didn't realize it was the last one until Netflix ended, and it's like, oh, start over at season seven. I was like, oh, there's no more. Okay, it, interesting. I, I don't. I I, I kind of disagree because I I uh, as a fan of the Fry and Leela story, I think that that's a an excellent way for them to go out. I also kind of feel that the way the movies ended it was just as good too. But I really do like that episode uh, where they where they have to keep going forward and they have to keep on living. Like it's just I don't know for me like it was like kind of like a, a touching farewell to the characters for the most part. Yeah, so. it, it's nice. I just I was like kind of there, underwhelmed a bit. There's movies. Yeah. Uh, so after they got canceled at Fox. Um, they weren't able to get on another network at the time, but the but 20th Century Fox um, essentially commissioned four direct-to-DVD movies that then Comedy Central could split up into four episodes each. So there's four of them. One is Bender's Big Score, um, Beast with a Billion Backs, Bender's Game, and The Wild Green Yonder. And uh, they're all really good. Uh, Bender's Big Score is really, really good. Uh, Beast with a Billion Backs is interesting. Bender's Game is a, a complete and utter satire. Um, and the fourth one is actually an interesting eco-environment story um, that kind of mixes in with trying to wrap up stuff. Because it's weird. Like, I think Bender, Bender's Big Score actually theoretically could have been a really cool ending to the entire series. Yeah. So, because of that whole Lars and Leela story. So, but, I don't know. Just yeah. my opinion. Futurama's <laughs> a great show. Still, one of my favorite things of all time comes from Futurama where... Uh, it's the Valentine's Day episode, and they go like, "People would pay good money for romance." Hmm. I have a scheme so deviously clever that I and it just cuts away to a gavel. Five hundred dollars in time, sir. <laughs> Stupid anti-pimping laws. <laughs> well, pay the man. Bender, honey, we love you. Shut up, baby. I know it. <laughs> my uh, my favorite joke in Futurama ever is it's so stupid, but I always love. My favorite jokes in movies or cartoons or anything mm-hmm. are ones that are like throwaways, and that's you have to kind of be paying attention really closely. And there's this one episode where Bender gets sucked out of the Planet Express, mm-hmm. and he starts floating away. And Fry's uh, like, "Can we get him?" And Lee's like, "He's going way too fast." He's like, "Not even if we spray cheetah blood on the engine." <laughs> Just Classic, stupid stuff like that. And that's the one where he's going through space and meets it, God. Oh yeah. Oh God, I love the way that opens because like. It's a weird episode because they're attacked by space pirates at the beginning, and then like as just as the space sh- the space pirate ship's about to blow up, the space pirate goes, "Yar, only now do I realize that me only treasure was me children." <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Alex, what did you watch oh, this week? I was done. You said you said one thing. Yeah, and then oh, I was joking. Oh fuck. And the one last thing that I saw <laughs> <laughs> was a uh, police academy. The oh, first shit. one, um, first time, yeah, okay. it was you've on Netflix. Seen Police Academy. I've seen Wait, like you've parts never seen of Police Academy. <laughs> I've seen parts of it on you've like never uh, seen Police Academy. I've seen parts of it on like Comedy Central and stuff, but this is like the unedited movie. And uh, for rated R, it's pretty tame by today's standards. Like the only like the nudity is the only thing that would be like 
that would flag you at this well, point. Well, remember, Airplane has nudity in it, and it's PG. It's 16 Candles? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think has nudity. It yeah, it does right? have nudity. It's like PG-13, I think. Yeah. yeah. And they're all like party scenes, really. Like, they're not like... If they're... When was PG-13? After Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, Temple of Doom. Oh, Temple of Doom, Doom, yeah. Was, yeah. So, um, I think Police Academy is what, like 81, maybe? No, it's later than that. Later oh, than that? no, it's maybe... Yeah, maybe. 81, 83, something like that. But, yeah, you it's... No, we have the internet. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's super corny, and, the, the, like, the joke's are really mm-hmm. tame by today's standards, but, uh... Um, I prefer Airplane over that 1984. one. 1984? 84. Yeah, I'd never seen the opening part where the police chief comes in and basically admits to being like a racist bigot and like that's why they're just trying to keep all because the the, i never realized the premise for police academy was that the mayor a female mayor uh enacts a new decree that anyone can become a cop and so the the city of new york starts hiring just anybody and like i thought that was just an okay thing to do like just a bunch of misfits sign up for the (laughs) police force and yeah they suck at first but then they prove themselves but apparently it's like the opening title crawl like yeah they um it's like this wild idea um and so the existing police force is like you know we're so great and how dare they bring these misfits in so the whole they just try to get them to quit uh police academy and of course that doesn't happen because they actually somehow do make great police officers even though they're completely terrible um but yeah it's, it's all the jokes are really corny and uh yeah, there's some questionable, like, uh, like offensive stuff that would not fly today. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I keep it in the '80s time capsule. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I hope Netflix gets the rest of them because I want to see like Mission to Miami or Mission to Moscow and like. Do you all the other <laughs> like w- weird comedians that got like a one one time appearance like, uh, and Michael Winslow like I don't know how he doesn't have more. I can't tell what's like a sound effect or what's him actually doing like sound effects with his mouth, but that's probably the most fun part. And I didn't realize like he and uh, uh, Stephen Gutenberg's character were kind of buddies to start out with, but they kind of diverged by the end of it. And then it's like him and Hightower. But anyway, this one, that's it. <laughs> Alex, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I guess it's been kind of a good week because, you know, Baby Baby Driver was still this week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. believe so. Recent came out last Spider-Man, Friday, so this I guess. Week, yeah. But whatever. And uh, I just uh, I'm super late to this, but Black Mirror. Like I've seen <laughs> like four or five episodes now, and I'm like super. It's been out for a while, nice. but now everyone's telling me like it's the best thing. Like I'm, it's been out for like I'm, three years, right? Well, it's like the thing. Or, like the new season came out like this year. So and so and that's where like a lot of people jumped into. But so. they're on like season three or four, right? Yeah, I think yeah, it's season series three. Yeah, first season has three episodes. They're all like an hour. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually BBC. not a lot of episodes. It's like three episodes, like per series, I think. And there's three, so I think it's like nine episodes total. So I'm not. I have no idea. I'm I'm assuming that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, I think so. it's there's more, there's definitely like six or seven. I think in the yeah. new season, they oh, kind of okay. added a few each time. But uh, anyway, just just kind of jumped into that, and I'm thrilled with that so far. Uh, I think that's about. Oh, Okja, just saw. Oh, yeah? Uh, last night, yep. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I loved it to yeah. pieces. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, the last 30 minutes of it, I think, is, like, the best of it. And I think, like, just how it ends, that's, like, my opinion of the best directing I think I've seen this year. So, in terms of, like, tone. So. Yeah, some really, really classy stuff in there. Yeah. And, uh, just through the roof, 
like performances that are super welcome, yeah. like super amazing. And what uh, uh, what was your opinion of Jake Gyllenhaal in it? I he's a, I loved it to pieces. The thing like that's the I, thing I about the film is I guess that it's, people don't like it, but I was like, wow, I because I was sold on the tone. It'd be it'd be weird perhaps if. He was the only one yeah. acting that way. I could see people saying, oh, that performance was bizarre. But it's a tonal, everybody's acting that yeah. way. He's just that, ver- his Did you know is like the first like American actor you see in the film? And like from what I've heard, it's like people either like get on board of that and they like the rest of the film, or they do not get on board of Jake Gyllenhaal's character and they do not get on board. Get, yeah, I love. No, I, he's my he's <laughs> by far my favorite like supporting performance of the year. So yeah, that was great. Henry. Uh, I thought you were going to go Zach. Um, never so know. I, I'm, you thought wrong. <laughs> you uh, never know. So just uh, just yeah, go through all this really quickly. Uh, saw the house. I was kind of disappointed by. It. I thought it was okay, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. I watched Hot Fuzz. I rewatched it uh, because it's my favorite Edgar Wright film. And I thought, just saw Baby Driver. Let's watch this again. It's still like one of the best comedies ever made. Um, Police Constable Nick Angel. <laughs> I love how it opens. <laughs> so good. Shame. Uh, I thought you would have made a great Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I decided that I'm going to try to watch all of Richard Gere's filmography. Richard Gere? Yeah. Because I, really, I felt like I like him, but I don't, I'm not really familiar with a lot of his work, so I thought I'll just hammer through and watch all of it. I saw a preview for a movie of his in front of a Emily Blunt movie this week that yeah. I never heard called Hayachi. It's oh, like yeah. A oh, dog that, that waits You have room? that upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> we have Hayachi at the yeah. house. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so first I watched Unfaithful, which is kind of like... a good movie. Working. Yeah. It's, uh, that director, like he does only like sex throws, and he essentially invented it essentially mm-hmm. he also did Fatal Attraction oh okay uh, he did Jacob's Ladder which isn't really an erotic thriller but uh, he also did uh, a couple other stuff too but yeah that was good uh, Autumn in New York is essentially Fifty Shades of Grey without the sex um, <laughs> the, I, uh, then also two Art House Assholes this week so that's the segment first is Manifesto which was kind of a bonus release uh, if you read my review for Manifesto you will see it's kind of the what I thought Art House Assholes would be the, these kinds of films it's only Kate Blanchett she plays 16 characters, and they're all monologues, and it's all about how originality is dead, except for the director. The director who wrote this is the only original person on the planet and how great he is. Mm-hmm. It's the most pretentious and like circle-jerky thing I've ever seen. If you read, my, uh, Did any of you guys read my review of it? I did, and it's one of my favorite articles. You uh, if you read my review, the first opening paragraph is me saying how pretentious it is. And then the rest of the review is I just copied and pasted a how to masturbate guide. <laughs> so I, so I said, like, next time you want to make a film, just read this and realize don't you don't have to subject us to this. Uh, and then I was watching The Beguiled, uh, which is one which is the official review. Beguiled was uh, okay. Um, you can read my full thoughts on it. Basically, it's just this film doesn't need to exist. Uh, it the characters are pretty poorly written, I would say. In it's a big, remake, though, right? It's a remake. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. Because it's a remake, but it's a remake of a 70s film that had Clint Eastwood in it. But in the in the, prom, in the plot of the film, Clint Eastwood, it takes place during three years into the Civil War. Clint Eastwood is a soldier from uh, the North, and he's in the South. He uh, he gets, like, shot, and he's kind of dying on the, on the road. And then he's taken in by this kind of Southern, like, girls' school during the summer. School and, reformatory. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and, and then they take care of him, and then it kind of escalates from there. Uh, and then this film is the same thing, but from the female perspective. And so that's kind of the thing. The only issue is that the story at itself is not interesting enough and is not complex enough to warrant two different films doing two different, two different perspectives. Like this film, it's, this film I will say is the worst edited film I've seen all year. Primarily because this is a 50-minute film that they just 
refuse to trim down, and so it's an hour and a half. Uh, you could easily because you have like entire scenes of you see someone walk into the into the room, then start a conversation, then the two leave the room, and you don't cut away, and you just don't need. You can trim that out, and I think they didn't because it is barely making feature length. Uh, I think it's pretty. I think the char- the female characters are pretty f- poorly written. Uh, the directing is pretty. Uh, it's pretty abysmal. It, like there's no there's no consex- consef- consistent tone throughout the entire film. It, it doesn't really know if it wants to be a comedy, if it wants to be a thriller. If it wants to be a thriller, nothing exciting happens in the film. Like the problem is that like the trailer really sells it as this revenge film, but really no one does anything bad in the film. The worst thing that any character does is that Colin Firth is a slut and sleeps with like three people. Because he is in real life. And, and that's like the worst thing. And then they do something to him that like kind of is the climax of the film. But that's not a wrong thing. with it. Like it's not a revenge thing. It's, it's more of just like, oh, we need to do this because of this reason. And you don't blame them for doing that. It's not like a revenge thing. It's not like getting even. It's just like you need to do this, or you will die. It, uh, it, the, 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 and I read, I did, I read your uh, thing on it. Mm-hmm. Is that the the Clint Eastwood one? It, it actually it has terrifying things that happen because yeah. of the because of the fact that they're seeing it from his perspective, and especially because it was made at that time. Clint Eastwood kind of adds the bit of testosterone that it needs amidst uh, a, a, a more ho- hormone-driven film. Yeah, and it's like... And I'm not, like, a huge fan of the original either. I'm just saying that this film... It's not the best Don Siegel movie, but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like, there's a reason why it's not remembered as one of his best films. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's... I think if you want to see... The sound design of it's really, really cool. I do really think, think that they have, like, these cans playing in the background throughout the entire film that kind of acts almost as, like, a heartbeat. And that, that's really cool, I think. And the performances all around are good. Uh, and so I think if you if if you were thinking about checking it out, I would check it out, but I wouldn't rush out to see it. I'm kind of flabbergasted that she won Best Director at Con this year. Uh, Officer and Gentleman, which is kind of a... Uh, it's essentially a darker, more complex version of Top Gun. I don't if think you want to see a good, cool parody but... of that, you should see Hot Shots Part Duh. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's fine. Is it the uh, first Hot Shots? It's Hot Shots. It's one. I hot think shots. it's one. It's first yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. Now I know to get you for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She uncrosses uh, her legs, and then he sees it. He's like, now I know what to get you for Christmas, because she's not wearing underwear. <laughs> uh, and then Norman, the moderate rise and tragic fall of a New Yorker of a New York fixer, is in theaters now, and it's a Richard Gere film. It's a very Jewish film. Basically, uh, well, here's, it's made by an Israeli director. Oh, okay. um, like, it's basically about uh, Richard Gere plays this New York. He's not really a f- he's not a fixer in the terms like what you think a fixer is being like gangster kind of fixer. Basically, in the beginning, he meets this guy who's like a low level Israel kind of government official. He buys him these really expensive shoes, and they become good friends. And then later in the film, the Israeli uh, lower guy becomes the prime minister. And then it's revealed that he bribed Harvard to get his son into Harvard, even though his grades weren't good enough. And then it evolves from there and how, like, they kind of push the blame onto Richard Gere's character. It's okay. It's, it's again, it's a thriller that's not really thrilling. And that's the biggest issue there. But anyway, that's that. If you want, if you, if you're wanting a Jewish fix, uh, and Henshi hasn't come out yet, then go check out that. Um, then Hanshi a Dog's Tale, it's a standard dog movie. Um, moving on. Um, Richard Gere's a college professor. He finds a dog. They fall in love. Moving on, uh, and then uh, yeah, um, like if you watch a trailer, it spoils like the whole movie. Yeah, it's 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 a dog film. Yeah, what what? There's not a lot you can do there. Uh, Assassin's Creed. It was 
pretty looking, but I didn't understand a single thing that happened that entire film. So, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, there's, it's really also like they, it has really no root in Assassin's Creed either. <laughs> there's, I've I played the game, so I don't know, but I just remember that ending being like, what? No, yeah, it's like they set up like more films, but I don't even understand what happened in this film, so like I don't care. No, uh, like the like the cover art is so cool. I'm like, I should watch that. But then what Brad said, I'm like, I shouldn't watch this. Just <laughs> want, just look to Google like Assassin's Creed screen caps because that's the best part of it. See, look, <laughs> see the cool cinematography, and that's about it. Marion Cozillard's like, I want to help you and defeat you know the yeah. Illuminati <laughs> syndicate, and then like, well, they killed my dad, and he was an asshole, but. I'm part of the family. I guess I'll take up (laughs) his mission. Uh, I watched Monster Trucks, uh, uh, (laughs) which is also one of my favorite stories of, like, of filmmaking. Have you guys heard the story of the test screens of this film? No. Uh, You've heard about it? Yeah. Basically, the story of the test screen of this film, uh, they test screened it, and they had all these kids come in, and they were like, we're going to see how they're going to love it. It's always going to be great. And then the monster truck comes up, and the design was apparently so horrifying that all the children started screaming and crying <laughs> that they were that the, it looked it, they said like scripts like it looked like like chaos had rained into the theater <laughs> so, that, so apparently they had to remodel the entire character of the film to make it a bit more friendly looking wow uh it's a fine film it's cute uh if you have like i'm sure like your son would love it oh yeah that's uh, why i don't show it to him yeah like, <laughs> i mean it's cute it's it, it's not great it's for it's a Nickelodeon kid film. It's whatever. You're going to learn to like Spider-Man, not trucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how many times I've seen The Secret Life of Pets? Yeah. <laughs> I watched Patriots Day. Patriots Day was okay. I watched Knights of Rodane. Knights of Rodane was not okay. I watched Where the Buffalo Roam, which if you're going to watch Hunter's Thompson film, don't watch that one. Uh, oh, I, I disagree. I think if you, I mean, if you want to see Hunter's Thompson film, watch Fear and Loathing. Watch, Las Vegas. watch Fear and Loathing, but it, Where the or Buffalo Room is neither. a very interesting. Or yeah, I mean, I'm, if you don't, if you don't, I mean, that one you need to be familiar with Hunter's Thompson. You will not like it if you do not know who Hunter's Thompson is. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree on that part. Yeah, uh, and the band played on is an AIDS film that has Richard Gere in it. It's cool. Uh, I watched Black Christmas, which is an amazing horror film. Yeah. Uh, I really the original. Really liked that the original. Yeah, the original one's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, American Jiggle, which is okay. Cloud Atlas, which was meh. I watched I Am Michael, which is awful. Uh, I Am Michael is a indie film. Has it's it just was added to Netflix. Basically, it's it's the true story of uh, James Franco plays this kind of gay or he plays this pastor. James it, Franco, Franco played somebody gay. Yeah, he plays this like really like Christian pastor, like anti-gay pastor who then realizes that he's gay himself and how he converges gets out of that. It's not good. I watched Midsummer's, Midsummer's Night Sex Comedy, not good. Benefactor, okay. Uh, Alien Covenant looked really pretty, didn't understand it. Uh, <laughs> A- American Anarchist, it's an okay documentary, but the sub- the subject's more interesting than the person who's pretentious who made it. Elizabeth Town's cute. Art of the Steel is is fun, but not good. Second Best Mar- Exotic Marigold Hotel is fun and cute. Uh, the Jackal is not good. Is this your first you time watch, out of the house this week? <laughs> all of that in a week? Uh, well, it's the past two weeks, because we didn't have do it last Still. week. Still. So. <laughs> Good oh, job, wow. Henry. I, I'm pathetic. Would. So no, you're awesome. <laughs> do, do you need stuff to do? We can give you stuff to do. <laughs> so I, it's that, a lot of that's like background watching stuff too. Yeah. So I know I, I I watched two seasons of a series and I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Like sixty episodes. Um, I watched a couple things. Um, I saw a documentary called Resurrecting Jake the Snake. And the wrestler. It, yeah. Nice. It was a very very good documentary about addiction. Um. One that I like, I I, I was like, sp- I, my eyes were like popping out of my. Have you seen Beyond the Mat? 
No, I have not seen that you one. You should yet. see it because it deals with him like in the midst of his in the midst of his whole with his daughter. It's pretty sad. Oh, really? Oh, I may have to check that one you out. Should I think it's on Prime? Okay, cool. I'll look it up. Um, I saw Glow, the uh, Glorious Ladies of Wrestling, the documentary of it. Um, And uh, it was so interesting that I had to at least check out the first episode of Glow, the television show, on Netflix. And that show is awesome. I'm going to continue to watch it. I I finished it like yesterday and I really, really liked it. I'm I'm watching it. I'm I'm doing one episode a night just to give myself a treat to watch at the end of every night. Um, a testament to that show. I hate pretty much every '80s inspired thing recently because I'm the, so oversaturated. This one is the one that I actually like, and that's a testament to how good it it's is. It's so, so different because the 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 content and the story is so different. It's something I would never have guessed even existed in the '80s, let alone ever. Um, so um, I watched The Green Mile for the first time, and it is so. It was so close to being above Shawshank as my favorite Darabont film. I think it is. First time? Wow. And, but, I mean, but then, I mean, like, so, like, on Green Mile, it's just amazingly shot, beautifully acted. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan is amazing. It just made me miss Michael Clark Duncan, like, period. Yeah. Um, and um, the the twist at the end with Mr. Jingles, like, I, I was just, like, I, I was on the floor crying. Um, and uh, so... That inspired a Darabont kick, so I decided to rewatch his filmography. And the first one that I rewatched was Shawshank, which I mean, at the end of the day, that's still my favorite because uh, it's the first Darabont film I saw, and it's the one that I um, identified with the most in terms of like just the way these characters are written, the way they're going through their lives and whatnot. Um, and unlike the only thing I, I think Green Mile has going against it in some cases is that it is a little long. Um, it moves fast, but it's pretty long. Like I, I it was a good three hour watch. Um, whereas Shawshank kind of moves quicker, um, and still manages to keep me entertained and inspired. Um, Mr. Griffin, do you have any questions for the defense? Uh, yeah. When you put the poster back on through the, uh, once you went through the tunnel, like how'd you get to secure that from the other side? <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. Just relax. <laughs> I, I I uh the the uh, on that note though the spinoff I love that uh um in in the Family Guy one where uh Cleveland's saying like um uh, Andy never spoke much and then he spoke two words to me vagina boop <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a hollaback girl is <laughs> I understand it's like a sweaty year old fish dog <laughs> um uh let's see and then I uh I uh. I started the majestic. I haven't finished it yet, so I'll let y'all know what I think about that one. Um, I finished making a murderer. It was okay. I, was, I, I mean, I mean, yeah. yes, it's outraging, but I, I just wasn't like. It wasn't as compelling as other documentaries in that format that I've seen before, and I'm thinking specifically of the Paradise Lost films and uh, even the Jinx. Because they're kind of within the same dog uh, um, doghouse, but um, it's still good. It's compelling, you know. I I would lo- I will definitely watch season two to find out what's going on with that kid. So, um, do you agree? Do you agree that uh, it just it's not a big enough story to warrant that many episodes? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's 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 so contained that I don't know if it needs anything beyond this season. Like making a murderer, maybe in theory, should be like. Each season is a different case. 
Yeah. And the fact that the second season is going to be a follow-up on the Avery case is kind of disappointing to me. I mean, my uh, biggest... The first season is like 20 years, so yeah. it's like... Yeah. And that one, I think the second season is going to be, what, five? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, again, like, it's... I get why it got the hype that it did, but I just... I wasn't, like, enamored with it. Like, at the end of the day, like, it's not something that I'm going to, like, sit down and watch again. Um... And, and like um, my big thing is that like I think it's like the eighth episode is just uncut C-SPAN footage, and I, it's with like maybe three talking heads. Yeah, and, I, and it's just come on, make make it a, spice it up a little bit. So my guess is that it was like um, made pretty independently because of the simple fact that uh, it like because of the fact that there's not that many interviews with people. So there could also have been a thing like when they did the deal, it said like, oh, you have to make this that many episodes, and when they got you the editing, they were like, oh, well. That's possible. We have yeah. to deliver a certain that. number of episodes, but we don't have enough. Right. So we'll just fill what we got. It would make sense why they go back and forth with the narrative. So yeah. Um, and then in honor of uh, our movie of the week, I decided to revisit uh, the first Spider-Man movie by Sam Raimi. Um, that movie still pretty freaking awesome. Um, uh, I noticed that its structure is a little dated in terms of just like how fast it does move. Because I, I guess when I was a kid, I remember it being a lot slower of a film, but like it moved pretty quickly. Like it doesn't really. I think Spider-Man Two, if I had to guess, is probably the one that moves at a more deliberate pace than the first one does. It, it, uh, like in a, in a sense, but um, I loved watching Willem Dafoe be Norman Osborn again, and um, I love I I I'm in love with the change. Ouch, of- am I <laughs> back to formula? <laughs> Join me, Spider-Man. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, uh, J.K. Uh, well, I love J.K. Simmons I as mean... uh, J. Jonah Jameson, um, because and that's a character that I love in Spider-Man lore, which is it's disappointing that he hasn't gone. They haven't tried to recast the character in a way, but I think that's a testament to how good J.K. Simmons is in the movie, um, and it's very well directed. And like, the, I forgot the Bruce Campbell's first cameo was the ring announcer, yeah. and I like how he's just like. The, the the human spider that's a stupid name <laughs> stupid like he's just judging this sixteen year old kid <laughs> so anyway um and then last thing I watched was uh uh I rewatched the first X Men movie um because it was on um one of my free trials on Amazon and um I I I mean I still love it um it's not uh, I've come to the conclusion that it might it's not my favorite X Men movie but it's among the top three because of just when I watch it, I'm rem- I remind it reminds me of when I was younger watching it on the big screen for the first time, and then following that series for shit seventeen years now. So it was great, loved it. That's all I watched this week. Yeah, uh, I watched uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe again. It's it's a really good atmospheric horror film. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, uh, I watched a Canadian slasher film called Curtains. Uh, it's really weird. Uh, it's about these six girls that go to this mansion to. Uh, audition for this part and the the director of it is the dude from Animal House and it's the dean so it's hard for me to get past that part <laughs> uh, it has one iconic scene in it the rest of it's kind of a jumbled mess what I do like is the special features on it the director uh, hated it so he didn't put his name on it and so the producer went back and recut it and changed the director's name like an Alan Smith or uh, no it's called Jonathan Stryker so who's the director of the play in the movie oh okay <laughs> so he's like if you're gonna put my name on it'll be jonathan striker because i don't want my name it's really interesting and i guess the producer was like kind of a jerk was it a very polite slasher movie uh 
Were mm. they very courteous? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's weird. Uh, Did it, they have maple syrup on the table? <laughs> it, no, they ha- it had a lot. It's a lot of editing issues. Um, I mean, there's some pretty cool parts in it, but overall, it's I'd say a below average slasher film. Uh, Warner Archives released Joe versus the Volcano, which I haven't seen in forever, uh, and I forgot how kind of goofy it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's great. It's it's a really funny movie. Uh, I think Tom Hanks is really good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot Meg Ryan plays three different parts. Um, and uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I watched. Uh, I, I got this movie just because. Sometimes I'm at Best Buy, and A24 releases movies. Sometimes I'm just interested to see why they picked it. Uh, and it's called The Black Coat's Daughter. It was and, originally titled February, I think. Yeah, you're right, and it's. Is actually a pretty good movie. It's no, oh, yeah. It starts really unusual. Um, it's very in line with A24's other horror films. I agree. Say, I so. agree. It, kind of the witch. It kind of has the same yeah. tone and pacing. Uh, and it's these girls that are at this uh, kind of upscale private school for yeah. girls. And it's during the summer. Isn't it? It's like during like a down season, isn't it? Uh, it's well, it's during snow, so right, it takes yeah. place in February. And so they have to leave for the week. And these two girls um, messed up with their parents coming to see them. Uh, and then it cuts to Emma Roberts, who's abandoned at this bus station and she's picked up by this nice family. And as the story unravels, it kind of goes into this weird possession type of movie. And uh, I don't want to, it's kind of hard to explain. It is a lot of way. I don't want to give a lot of it away. I will say though, the slasher elements in it are pretty brutal. Oh yeah. Um, they don't where sometimes when you see slasher films, they glorify, Mm-hmm. The violence. This one is just pretty st- much straight on, and uh, it's d- pretty disturbing. And oh, yeah. it's it's really well done. I think it's shot really well. Um, it's just it's it's a slow burn, and then when it starts picking up, it's it really it, yeah. yeah. You're like whoa 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 whoa. Did I miss something? And I actually yeah. watched it twice to see if I missed oh, yeah. something, and I, I didn't. I, it's actually. One of my favorite films of the year, even though it came out in 2015, but it wasn't released well, until like, this like year. It's like one of those kind of things where like, they finish it in 2015, and then they like, then A24 officially picked it up like this year. Okay. So. The Alamo had it in, I think, February or January, yeah. so oh, okay. you can count it like that. Uh, yeah, I know. I, th- I thought it was, it was pretty great. It's really... Uh, I, I like horror films that kind of come out of nowhere yeah. and that are well-made. Uh, and then uh, I also saw Despicable Me, Despicable Me 3. Despicable uh, 3. Yeah, with my little boy. Uh it's all right. Uh, what I did like about it is Steve Carell plays actually three characters in it, but he also he plays Gru and Drew, and it's kind of fun to see Steve Carell kind of play off himself, yeah. and he's the main focus of the film instead of the minions. Um, you know, it's it's a cute movie. Yeah. It's, How's Trey Parker in it? Oh, Trey Parker's great because it, he's basically Trey Parker, but he also plays uh, evil brat, and he's, so he's like this '80s kid guy. Uh, show that was really cool and then his show got canceled and he became a bad guy because they didn't understand him <laughs> and so he also does kind of like his uh like stan marsh voice for the kid he's like they will never know it's it's pretty funny um but yeah the movie's okay um that's about what i expect from a despicable me movie um like where they're fun but they're nothing they're nothing su- like substantial yeah so. they're fun to watch and yeah. i mean my kid liked it so yeah i guess that's all that really matters they're great kid films yeah and i mean they're better than a lot of the stuff that Better than Norm of the North. Yeah. So. <laughs> Better than a lot of the stuff that comes out. Uh, and then I, I finished my uh, Emily Bluntathon. Uh, so I watched uh, the Jane Austen's Book Club, um, which. Yeah. I mean, those, these last three are like not up your alley at <laughs> yeah. all. So. Uh, it's all right. I mean, the acting's really good in it, yeah. uh, but it's more of. Uh, if you had to pick an ensemble, like independent film, 
and that's like the mid 2000s like this is this film it's or maybe it came out 2008 i don't know when it came out but it's just like oh it's them being you know the snarky friend and you know the quirky friend but i mean all that the acting in it's really great by everybody um i i watched uh the great buck howard which is with uh colin hanks and uh john malkovich and tom hanks and emily blunt and in it uh John Malkovich plays a guy named the Great Buck Howard, who's a mentalist who was on the Tonight Show for 61 days, and he makes sure he or 61 appearances, and he'll make sure he says that all the time, and he's kind of washed out. And he has this trick that at the end of the show, he goes around and has someone hide the money that he gets for his appearance, and if he if he can't find it, then they keep the money; it's donated to charity. Um, and so that's like his big sell, and it's just Colin Hanks going through dealing with this really difficult man who can't get over the fact that he's a has been a has been, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Emily Blunt plays a uh, PR lady who's trying to get press out to see his his big trick in Cincinnati where he's going to put 900 people to sleep at the same time. And, uh, yeah, it's an okay movie. You know, Did it bore you to sleep? Uh, it was kind of boring. Um, you, you keep on waiting for something to happen, and nothing really does. Uh, I mean, again, the performances are pretty good. I, I Sometimes, with John Malkovich, sometimes he gets on my nerves. Yeah. Uh, in this one, he like he did these weird... Uh, character things where he shook people's hands really hard and it's like and he, after the tenth time you saw it, it kind of gets like, annoying. Yeah, yeah we yeah. get it. Um, you know, but I did love that every time he came out, he's like, "I love this town." I think, I mean, he played it well, um, but it was all right. Uh, I watched uh, the Young Victoria, which actually I thought was really good. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, she plays Queen Victoria in her early days, um, and it, it gives it's cool insight into the politics of the monarchy and yeah. how it works. Uh, I mean, the costume, I think it won Oscar for the costumes. It was either nominated or, or one, yeah, yeah, the set design, something yeah. like that. And I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful oh, film. Yeah. And I found out that I think Emily Blunt looks the prettiest in purple because she wears purple in that. She looks great. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to see a historical period drama, that's, it's one of the better queen Victoria. films. Yeah, that's so. pretty, it's really well done. And I like that it focused only like on two or three years of her life. Yeah. It wasn't like a whole big thing. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's like if I remember, it's like the beginning, right? It's like yeah. it's like her, and it's her doing the fact that like she's such a young queen. Exactly. So, so it is, it starts with her telling the story about how she was locked away because she's the only heir to the throne, even yeah. though there's three men, but only one of them had a daughter. Yeah. And so how she's like sequestered and she can't do anything. She has to have someone hold her hand when she walks down the stairs, and, yeah. and then it goes to the coronation. Then it flashes back to how they got there, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Like I said, it looks great. Um, yeah. And it's kind of a fun... I mean, it's like a fun romance, too. Uh, And the last one I watched was My Summer of Love, which... Did you hate that one? No, I didn't hate it, actually. I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, More so... I can't really spoil it, but, you know, basically it's an hour and ten minutes of just these two women falling in love and kind of discovering who they are. Yeah. Um, What's the the dude's name he's like in edgar wright films like patty something patty constantine yeah patty constantine uh he's in he's pretty good as her brother who's in uh prison not emily blunts but the other lady mm-hmm. brother who's in prison he's found god yeah is interesting you know I, the, the description on the back of the dvd says in this taut thriller i'm like really this isn't really a thriller yeah it's it, i would call it more like a slow romance yeah know, so. but i mean it picks up a lot of scene in the last 10 minutes yeah, I mean, my, my rule is if it, you pick up a lot of people in the last 10 minutes, that doesn't warrant an hour and a half of non Exactly, because so. uh, the rest of the movie is just like, oh, these people are talking to each other. And, and she's really great, and I can see why it's her breakout role. Yeah. Uh, she, I mean, she, 
what makes it even greater is like the twist at the end. Yeah. Um, so, and if you want to see her naked, she looks great naked. Um, I think it's like the only role she's ever done. I think it's her only nude scene. Yeah, I think you see her butt in Ed, Arthur Newman, but it might be a well, body I have a double list right here. Oh, okay, <laughs> Alex is taking care of that for me. Nine code. Um, uh, so yeah, so frame thirty-five. Now I got to think of something else and finish my article on it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was fun. She did a lot of different roles. So, in, so what have you done? You've done Tom Cruise, Jason Statham, Emily Blunt, and Ooh. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Do Jack Benny next just to throw everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about doing, I, I call it, uh, I was going to do like a Hollywood golden thing where mm-hmm. it'd be like Gone with the Wind. Oh, like all the uh, classics. Classics. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I already have them, uh, but it'd be fun to watch them. I mean, like Maltese Falcon yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, things like that. But that's so broad that it's hard yeah. for me to zero in. You could in. pick like, you could do like, uh, I don't know, like best picture nominees from like yeah. 50 to 60 or something like that. Something like that. You also did superheroes. Oh, I did. Yeah, I yeah. did superheroes, yeah. 150 of those. Which, did you do Time Cop? I did do Time Cop. Okay. I did. It's a Dark Horse comic. Yep. I did you. you listen to the new episode? Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It just reminded me, like, oh, yeah, that was a comic book movie. Did I thought, Randy, it, I remember I, th- I said it's my second favorite Van Damme movie. Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you do Unbreakable? Uh, do you consider so, Unbreakable? So I do consider Unbreakable a comic book movie, but I don't consider it. Uh, super, well. Uh, it, right. This one was hard. So, because if you look at, some people will consider, like, Conan the Barbarian, um, Casper, things yeah. like that comic book. But I don't consider them real comic book movies. Uh, it's more of my like snobbiness. Mm-hmm. So Type I, of movie or superhero movie? Yeah, so it, mine was more like. See, it was tough because I would I did do like a history of violence. Um, I think you settled on comic book movies. Yeah, so they had yeah, to have been yeah. like in a comic book form. Yeah. Then, yeah. then I would consider it. And uh, so you that's just why I did to ignore Casper. Uh, well, Casper well, started like, as a comic strip. Yeah, Same with Popeye. Okay, yeah. then that, okay. so that's why. Because if I started doing that, then I'd have to start seeing like Mickey Mouse movies and yeah. just be Warner Brothers and yeah, yeah. Tunes. And, and so I mean that's why I watch Tank Girl and things like that because yeah. it's a published comic book. But yeah, did you draw on a Ghost World? Uh, no, I did. Did I put Ghost World on there? Yeah, I, you did. I did. Right, yeah. Cool. yeah, it's an alright movie. No, I mean it's like yeah, it's like it's my go-to for pretentious. What's your favorite comic book? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> so is a go-to for the pretentious comic. That book and movie. Blue is the warmest color are my two like these are comic books <laughs> yeah. that link. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but something like a history of violence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Road, Road to Perdition. Yeah, Road to Perdition. Yeah. It's a great one. Um, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Um, we're running out of time because Zach has to leave. So, uh, so I'm going to be really quick. If do, you should go to the drive-in this week because the three movies they have are Despicable Me Three, Spider Man, and uh, The Mummy. So you're basically getting a plethora of also the choices. Midnight the Esquire's Castle in the Sky. That doesn't matter because the following week is Ninja Turtles, and I'm going to try and go. Yeah, nice. so see Brad there. Yeah. Bring pizza. And also, La La Land's Symphony is this Wednesday, and I have an extra ticket, so yeah. Call let me know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Alex, should people go see Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, I think yes. I think a resounding yes. <laughs> I think even if maybe you don't like Spider-Man, it's Check worth it, it to see. Um, I, was, like, I was really surprised at how much I liked it, I guess. Very I, cool. I wasn't sure at first, or I was just neutral expectations going in to have a good time, and I guess we all had a really good time. Very cool. I'm excited to see it again. Zach? So, we all know I have a history of Spider-Man on this podcast, and giving oh, Ryan ultimate... you Spider-Man on the podcast? I, I, I give Ryan ultimate shit for loving Spider-Man <laughs> in the earliest appearances that I've made. Um, that being said, though, I, I mean, I've always had a, 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 an affection for Spider-Man to a degree. This is the second best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. 
uh, only only trumped by Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. So I think you should absolutely go see it. And it has the best MCU villain to date. Henry, I'm actually shocked. I saw your letterbox review of this, so uh, or your rating oh. of this film. I'm shocked yeah. about it. What, that I liked it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, easily, I think, my favorite comic book movie. Or not my... If you, if you don't count Logan, then it's probably my favorite... It's up there, man. Yeah. It's, I think it's, like, currently on my list. It's my fourth favorite of the year, so... But, yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, go, chase, go see it. Brad? Um, yeah, this movie's tons of fun. Um, it's not one of your epic, world-ending uh, Marvel action epics it's it's kind of just more personal get to know the new spider-man movie um and it's tons of fun it's i think it's the funnest movie of the summer and i'm not going to rank it with the other catalogs because they're all different like eras of spider-man it's just it's another good one so you should definitely go see it yeah you know i I struggle obviously you should see this movie but i I struggle with this and it's hard for me to explain it but i've said this to everybody but i'll explain it to people listening so spider-man to me the sam raimi original is i think the best spider-man movie just because of the experience for me um being a spider-man fan as long as i've been my favorite director directing spider-man going to seeing a sold-out show at midnight people cheering for spider-man is something that can never be replicated i think spider-man 2 is the best superhero movie um i I think his journey in spider-man 2 is incredible uh with him doubting himself getting his powers back and uh, the fight, you know, understanding who Doc Ock is. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is the best Spider-Man movie. Um, it's hard to for me to explain that any better. Um, it's I, like when I say, like, 89 Batman is, like, the best way to introduce someone to yeah. the Batman mythos. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's perfect. Because uh, everything about Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker. Uh, he has He captures a spirit of Spider-Man better than anybody else. And that's more so for the screenwriters. Because they got rid of uh, uh, the, the, the depressed Peter Parker. It's the, hey, I'm a kid and I'm having fun with who I am. And I think that's really important. And uh, here's a trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. Finally, here we go. Good evening, Peter. Oh. You have 576 possible web shooter combinations. That is awesome. <laughs> I can keep that suit? Yeah, doesn't fit me. What's the next... Retreat. What, next mission? We'll call you. All right? That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. We're not there yet. All right, good. Good luck out there. Hey, Peter. You coming tonight? I can tonight. I got the Stark internship. What's up, guys? Mr. Stark, here's my report for tonight. I stopped the Grand Theft Bicycle. Hey, could you do me a favor? Hold on to that. Is this anybody's bike? Oh, I helped this old lady, and she bought me a churro, so... That was nice. I just feel like I could be doing more. Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. Hulk gives it away. New move I'm working on. Not bad. Oh, God, this feels so strange. These weapons are crazy dangerous. Listen, Peter, there are people who handle this sort of thing. Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Let go of me, let go of me. Parachute. The world's changing, boys. It's time we change, too. This is my chance to prove myself. We have a Spanish quiz. You gotta get better at this part of the job. I don't understand. Yeah. Oh. I'm intimidating. Oh, hey, yes. 
Systems in here, but they're all disabled by the training wheels protocol. I'm sick of Mr. Stark treating me like a kid. But you are a kid. Yeah, a kid who can stop a bus with his bare hands. It has an energy to it that I, I is missing sometimes in comic book movies. Um, I mean, I, I I love comic book movies. In fact, I think my top ten are five comic book movies this year already, and. But, you know, you strip away the world ending, you strip away, you know, the huge overpowering villain and you just bring it back down to, I mean, uh, Tony Stark says that the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, he's the guy who's saving Queens. You know, he's the guy who's out there stopping uh, people stealing bikes. And I think that's a a really good tone they needed to set with this film, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't need to be him saving a damsel in distress, even though he saves kids in it. But at, but at a cost, because that comes back to haunt him later in the movie, you know, him saving the kids at the Washington Monument. And I, I think it's it's fun. And, you know, there's a there's so many cool, like, iconic moments in it. If you're a Spider-Man fan, uh, one of my favorite shots is actually towards the end where the vulture is waiting to get on the plane and he's sitting on the billboard all perched. I'm like, oh, that's a badass yeah. shot. And first, a vulture who's the dumbest looking Spider-Man villain. No, yeah, he's one of the coolest ones. <laughs> yeah, like he out looks there with Doc awesome. Ock. Yeah. yeah, like the design. I mean, because like, I saw the Alamo, and they had like the uh, like animated clips of the vulture beforehand. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what a stupid fucking villain! <laughs> oh yeah, it's... and then this is like, I mean, I'll, I'm not, I'm not going to agree if Zack and that's the best MCU villain, but I do think it's the coolest design villain, or at least one of the coolest design villains yeah. in the entire MCU. Well, I think, and then he, I think he gets elevated. Um, Throughout the three quarters of the film, he's just your typical "I'm stealing this stuff" villain. But he does he does things where uh, the scene where Michael Keaton's in the car, yeah, where he's figuring out who Spider Man is. Oh, so good. Oh, and he, like when he grabs so the good. gun, and he and just his coldness, and I, you you just sit there and go, "This guy is an amazing actor." Oh yeah, because he's just when he just played a giant bird in a comic book movie. Exactly, yeah. and hey. he, but just the way he pulls it off, and you're like, "Wow, I believe that he will kill everyone yeah. that oh, he yeah. loves," and it adds a personal stake to it. And then they they go to the next scene with him, where you know Spider Man's in his homemade suit, and he's telling him his plan, and he's like, "Why are you telling me this?" He's like, "I'm just distracting you," and the building falls on him. Yeah. And, um, That's one thing I wish they would have gone more into is exploring like uh, his his motivation behind like because. I, it, it wasn't until I think Peter Parker said it or something like um, he accused him of selling weapons to the enemies. But I was like, your hero, Iron Man, did that before he became Iron Man. So Adrian Toomes isn't that far off. It's just it's just a single turn. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it, it could have used a tiny one extra beat in there on the Iron Man like side really of the hit thing that message really in. really solidify yeah. his stay in the movie. But um I also yeah, think I, of it as how close you can be a villain and a bad guy and yeah. a hero. Yeah, because I mean, it, like, if you go, go sorry, if you go back to the first Iron Man, Tony doesn't realize what his weapons are being used for until after, mm-hmm. and he changes who he is. Uh, and where Adrian Toomes is just like, you know what? Fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, uh, I'm going to sell this stuff. I'm going to make tons of money, and I'm going to have the nice house. And but it's also like I really, also what I really like about him is that like the motivations that he have, like it, 
they don't really go like super into it, but like his motivation really is that like he's just trying to support himself. Like at the end of the day, he wants to support himself, wants to support his friends, and it really is that opening scene with damage control where it's like you're just taking you're you're the bad guys in my mind taking yeah. away my job, and, and so the the, the levity builds something off of that. I don't mm-hmm. know if by the end of the movie, eight years later, that that's still. That no, yeah, but like, it's, yeah. you know, uh, it's the Walter White of whatever. I mean, not yeah. quite that, but the core concept of it's just, a slippery the, slope. The guy goes that way, and then once you're too far deep, he yeah, just I keeps mean, doing the same thing. Because it he, wasn't, yeah, the yeah. world domination. No, it's shit, it's he's trying to make anymore. money. It's basically, yeah. and he feels he was wronged by Iron Man. And I mean, I I laughed when he he shot the first shocker, and he like disintegrates. Like I thought this was anti gravity gun. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, the the well. Reason I say best villain in MCU is not because, not just because of the car scene, but the scene before it when the door opens. Yeah, yeah. and That's a the great tension reveal. is yeah. so fucking thick that it's like you can like cut it with the thinnest knife possible, and you'd still get something. At first, that, I thought it's like, oh, he already knows who Spider Man is. He's, he's he's setting up this scene, and then as the scene goes on, you're like, oh. No, they're about to find each other out here. Yeah, like that's and, well. So um, that's when it like changed into like I think a great film because it adds so much complexity to like the entire story. And, and mm-hmm. then when everything, all the little pieces for everybody's threads, kind of took you there yeah. from the get go. That's the first thing that this movie really did somehow as what the sixteenth or seventeenth MCU yeah. movie make it any I think sense? Seventeenth like or eighteenth. It was a movie first. Nothing's. This is like impossible for anybody. It was a movie. First, it worried about having like a story and threads and beats that made that functioned and only needed itself like a normal movie as if it was made before a million comic book movies. Yeah. And then it was a Spider-Man movie also. Yeah. Uh, And the Avengers stuff is surprisingly unobtrusive or is functioning as a plot of uh, a part of his arc. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's only there as much as it needs to be. There, it's present as like mentorship angle that goes south, and he needs to. He needs to make all those mistakes, and it works because you already have the driving force of Uncle Ben, which everybody knows, so you don't need to rehash it. But how does he become a better hero? And I mean, I think that having Iron Man be kind of the guy who says, you know, he has that line: "Is I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better." You know, that's that's the stuff that Spider Man needs to hear. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's, when he says, "I'm nothing without the suit," it's like if you're nothing without the suit, then you're you nothing. Shouldn't you shouldn't have it. And you know, being a huge Spider Man fan, when the building collapses on him, it's a recall to Amazing Spider Man 33, where the Master Planner, who's actually Doc Ock, has Spider Man pinned and he can't get up. But he has to find it in himself to be the one to lift himself up. Mm-hmm. He has to be the one to fight and you know when he picks it up and he's you know he's screaming at himself come and on spider-man like performing yeah. he's like doing a good job oh, oh yeah. yeah like that's this. when it's I'm an like, actual what? performance people, <laughs> people are yeah it was like and it's weird that the uh, it's weird because the the arc itself because we don't have an uncle ben um uh recap in this movie unlike the other two iterations the it was because somebody brought this up in an article and i thought yeah this is actually true uh, the 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 story in this case is inverted in a different way to where you get the rise and the origin, but not from Spider-Man. You get the origin of Adrian Toomes, mm-hmm. and the all the beats that Adrian Toomes goes through are almost identical to your general origin story movie, which I found fascinating, and that's one of the reasons why I feel he's one of the most so too. compelling of the MCU villains to date. Um, and in terms of like not having the Uncle Ben thing, like 
I think they alluded to it enough for you to get an idea without being bogged down by with great power comes great responsibility because it's more or less in uh, Marissa Tomei's performance where her anxiety about Peter going outside in certain cases and like just like her general attitude about like violent events happening within the within the neighborhood specifically the sandwich shop mm-hmm. where like you you don't have to know that Uncle Ben died. You just have to know that something went really wrong. I don't even know if you know that. I don't, I don't think. I don't know if you need to know that. Really, they they gave her whole thread is just she cares about her. Uh, Pe- she, cares she cares about, about Peter. She, yeah, she cares and about Peter. Some stuff has maybe happened. It's like loosely mentioned. It's like after everything, like she's had a tough. And beyond that, that's like what's there's so much. There's another story happening, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. You really just need to know she right. You, the, you cares did. about him, and then doesn't want to find, and that's all they use exactly. And you, you, it alludes to it if you're a fan, but even if you're walking in blank and not knowing who Spider-Man and the origin story of Spider-Man is, they've had a tough life. Yeah, I would just it, say it's yeah. all it is. <laughs> maybe some stuffs happened. She doesn't want anything more to happen. Very much so. Yeah, empty, actually, that's, empty. Other than that, like, yep. No, you'd I be agree. like he had an uncle. I didn't even bother to ask. Cause <laughs> <laughs> all this other stuff is happening. You had an uncle, Uncle Ben. You mean um, the rice guy? <laughs> it's also, like, I think, it, like it really works because, like, it's just there to serve as that extra little piece that's serving his yeah. primary narrative. And like it feels like it's is... it like it really treats it as though like the Uncle Ben thing isn't his defining thing. It's just part of who he is. Right. Whereas, like, you have like this, the line he gets when he goes to the party. He says, "Like, Spider Man's not a party trick." Like, and like that's more telling of his character than that and then a scene with uncle ben would be yeah, for sure it, if you ask me as the big spider-man fan what his biggest char- which we didn't <laughs> yeah he has two <laughs> character moments in there that actually made me cry so i already mentioned where he lifts the stuff yeah. off of him mm-hmm. he also has one that's really subtle uh and he's at the homecoming dance with liz and he walks up to her and he says you deserve better than this and he runs to be spider-man mm-hmm. and that's just who peter parker is that's you know he has a he has to go out and he has to save people. And that's something that someone like her might not ever understand where someone like Michelle is starting to catch on to who he is Um, because, you know, he's being reckless. I mean, you know, Midtown goes to Washington DC and Spider-Man shows up. So they know that one of those, I mean, obviously the vulture figured it out. So you don't have to be a rocket science to scientist to figure it out. And it's to me, that's his big character moment. There is you deserve better than this Mm -hmm. because he's always leaving them behind. He's always, um, one of the big things with Gwen Stacy, he's always late. He's never there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Jane, uh, when he got married to her, he might be home late. You know, that's a sacrifice people have to. He can't understand yet because he's in high school that people don't understand that he has to make. Yeah, and you know that's 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 the with great power comes great responsibility without being told. Yeah, uh, that line and that stuff's awesome. Go Peter. I just can't believe it was as good as it was. I'm still just like, was it though? Like there's no way, there's no way I no, walked I, out of there totally just blinded by or blasted with like fun, and I was in the right mood, and I just liked it more than I was like, no, sure, like this is actually pretty rock solid. No, like, I, I feel, no, like, I feel you. Yeah, I can't had the same like, reaction coming out. <laughs> as the resident pretentious asshole, when I came out, I was like, this is a four and a half out of five star film. I like purposely looked up bad reviews, to be like, I'm, there's something that like, somebody I'm had to have hated this. Yeah, like what's something that I'm gonna realize like in like a month or so that I don't like about this, and I couldn't find anything. Like I saw people that like complaints I disagreed with. I mean, like, there's so, there's so many like f- great funny moments too. 
And they set up later. Ned says, have you ever seen how far your webs can shoot? Yeah. He's like, no. And then about 30 minutes later, he's running through the park. And he <laughs> no points trees. his webs and just shoots. And it just goes... <laughs> and he has to realize he has to run across the park. It's it's funny. And how great are those uh, Steve Rogers in, in oh, videos? Oh, that's, yeah. the, that's my favorite hmm. post-credit So you of got time. detention, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, Rookies. I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal now. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Hanover's is... Uh, well, yeah, because they've got PE the bit teacher. where he's like, in yeah. standing, you're, you're they acknowledge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you guys know what happened in, uh, at the Chinese, no, oh. at the Chinese, uh, theater? Just like, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, whole hobby. Oh, he, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so he, uh, I don't know, Hannibal, you know Hannibal verse? Yeah. I know him, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what happened to the Chinese theater. Oh, yeah. All right. So he was supposed to uh, show up for the press or whatever they did their, their screening. And he got on tw- – was it on Twitter? It was on Twitter, yeah. Uh, I mean uh, – and then it's just like I need to look like uh, pay you 50 bucks and like you get to go to the premiere and like do inter- – like talk, be me for a day or whatever. And so guy's like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And mind <laughs> you, he doesn't even really look like it. He doesn't look like it really at all. At all. Yeah. <laughs> just this guy just shows up and, and does uh, press just for some him. black and, guy. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he shows up and uh, there's a – like interviews with Hannibal Burrs and like he's talking and they're like so what'd you blah 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 whatever and he's just like oh you know I'm just always like bringing it I do whatever for my family and just like <laughs> doing having this random thing until they finally just it's a hard cut like hard 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 cut like that's not him uh, good for him that's so funny. I was just super stoked to see him in this movie after yeah. that too just to see just how involved he was and he was just as chill in the movie <laughs> yeah. as a Good stuff. I also like how like there is like a lot of stuff that like is proving to like the bigger universe because there's mm-hmm. that in the background you can hear them talking about the Sokovia stuff uh, yeah. like being taught in class. Yeah, Captain America's gonna get a new shield apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thor's whatever it's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good stuff. Belt of belt of power, yeah, or whatever. And, it is. and you get the Iron Spider-Man costume. Mm-hmm. Is yet. that what that was? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have the, the big. Tendrils. It does have the tentacles yeah. yet, but it's, I, thought, uh, I thought that was what it was. This was a test, right, Mister Stark? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pepper Potts and him are back together, I guess. Yeah, so I guess she's still in the MCU now. Like, yeah. Do you have the ring? Yeah, I've had it since two thousand eight. Next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we'll be seeing the War of the Planet of the Apes, or is it for the Planet of the Apes? War for the Planet of the, for the Apes. Planet of the Apes, which looks great. Has anyone edited the trailer with the war song from Rush Hour like over it? <laughs> they should. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. All right, good job. Just remember, um, guys, next week we get to go ape. I just watched those first two movies. God, they're great. Damn just it, watched Zach. them. Uh, so close to ending well. I, yeah, like, <laughs> I was again. I thought actually the trailer was pretty rough for that first one, as I recall. Like, and I think that was my immediate turn off. I was like, mm. maybe least oh, for, favorite for, trailer of the year for Rise for the. Well, the first, the rise one was yes. Okay, rise of the planet of one of the apes. I, I want to remember it so bad. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I was, I, when I watched them back to back, it's amazing how far the effects have come. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it looks pretty good in the first one, and then the second one. Wow, why is I leap. Uh, yeah, they were both brilliant. I was like, why was I not watching these? Yeah, no, they're good, and uh, this one's supposed to be good. really good. Excited. It's, in, it's in a lot of people's favorite films of the year. If my life ever goes south, I have uh, a title for my uh, vape shop called Planet of the Vapes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Well, you better open it soon because vaping is like right the, the pogs of Copyright on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can we somehow incorporate fidget spinners into that too? Like, I don't totally. know. Like, Gotta have something at the counter to sell. Alex, thanks for stopping by again. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, where can we yeah. check out your stuff online? Uh, you can look at uh, Airworks Entertainment. Uh, I've got Facebook, a website, um... 
and uh, our Twitter, Airworks Films. That's about it. Check it out. Bye. 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 Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Drafthouse in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day.